Hello, thank you for joining LTC DON Chat, a podcast brought to you by the American Association of Directors of Nursing Services, AADNS. I'm your host, Amy Stewart, Vice President of Education and Certification Strategy for APACN, and I'm here today with APACN Curriculum Development Specialist, Denise Winsler, to discuss the importance of incident investigations. Welcome, Denise. Hi, Amy. Thanks for having me. You know, incident investigations are a really important task that every director of nursing must do. Why are incident investigations so crucial today? You know, Amy, you are so right. And there are so many reasons to do an appropriate investigation, but I think it's much easier if we narrow it down into four different categories. The first category would be quality of care. You know, we all want our residents to live a full life and be as safe as possible. The second category is regulatory and survey. Anytime there's an incident, there is the potential to have a complaint survey or surveyors may even find it if they come in on your annual survey and may investigate it. The third area is litigation, and unfortunately, we are becoming a very litigious society, and there are so many cases that are out there, you know, whether it's development of a pressure ulcer or a fall with a fracture. Anytime those things happen, there is an increased risk for litigation as well. And the fourth one is actual criminal investigations. And unfortunately, you know, that happens as well sometimes, especially if there's an abuse case and you really want to make sure that you are doing a thorough investigation because criminal cases affect lives. Those are four very good reasons to do incident investigations, certainly. What happens when investigations of adverse events are not done timely or properly? So that is a really good question, Amy. So again, let's take those four categories. So let's say quality of care. You know, when you're not doing a proper investigation, you're not really getting down to the root cause of why an incident happened. And therefore, there's a higher risk for reoccurrence. And if that happens, that can affect so many things under quality of care. You know, it can affect the resident's safety. It could affect your quality measures, which in turn, it's a domino effect. It snowballs and can affect your five star when your five stars affected. People are looking that is on the care compare website. And the public is actually looking at that. So that could affect your occupancy, which in turn affects your finances. And like I said, it's just, it's a really big snowball effect. The second category, regulatory and survey, I think we have all been through those surveys and nobody wants to go through those surveys. There are a multitude of citations that surveyors can give a facility, whether it's reporting in a timely manner, whether it is not doing a thorough investigation, whether it's 
not putting appropriate policies and procedures in place because during your investigation, you may have seen that something is missing. So it's really important for that area too. Litigation. So in litigation, it's very important to do an investigation because the investigator may be called as a witness and the, mm-hmm. they may be called years later. I mean, I do uh, legal consulting as well. And I have read through some cases where they're like three to five years after the actual incident has really happened. And let me tell you, if you are in a deposition and you are being questioned regarding this investigation and it's four years later, I don't know about you, but sometimes I can't even remember what happened last week. I'm certainly not going to remember everything about an investigation that happened four or five years earlier. So it's really important to do a thorough investigation and document that thorough investigation. So if anybody has to look at that investigation, it tells a story of what you did from the beginning to what you did at the end and the conclusion that you came up with and why you came up with that conclusion. And the last one is criminal investigation. You know, there are some times where criminal charges may have to be filed, whether that is for missing medications or an abuse situation or something like that. And as I said earlier, this criminal investigation is going to affect somebody's life. So you want to make sure that your investigation is thorough and that it's right. Mm -hmm. I agree. So on the other end of the spectrum, what makes a good investigation? An investigation is really a process. And what we can do is we can put this process into four steps. So the very first step is to define the purpose for the process. You know, why are you conducting this investigation? Was there suspicion of abuse? Were medications missing? Is there an injury of unknown origin? You really wanna know the purpose because it really helps the investigator know where to look and what evidence you need to review, what witnesses you need to interview. The second step is that the investigator really needs to develop a plan. First of all, is the resident safe? You really need to make sure that all your residents are safe regarding this incident. Were all the entities notified? So the medical director, if necessary, family, the physician, and you know maybe your health department or any other local authorities. Get organized. So who's gonna lead the investigation? And Amy, I know that all DNSs are probably going to cheer at this, but it doesn't always have to be the DNS or the administrator who does lead the investigation. You know, if it's somebody in housekeeping, the housekeeping supervisor could lead the investigation. The one thing that I would say, though, is that there are a few characteristics that the lead investigator really needs to have. They need to be able to be unbiased. They need to be able to have an open mind. 
they need to be able to keep a calm demeanor, especially when they're interviewing witnesses, because depending on what's happening, some witnesses can be a little antagonistic, believe it or not. And that investigator really needs to keep it calm. They need to have the ability to speak to others and Above all, they really need to be familiar with the facility's policies and protocols. The other part of being organized is they need to know what evidence needs to be reviewed. And this is really going to vary depending on what the incident is. Obviously, you're going to have the resident's medical record. You could look at your staffing or your interviews. You're going to have various documentation that you're going to look at. You need to decide who needs to be interviewed. And who's gonna conduct those interviews? And I really recommend that you have two people when you're conducting interviews, one person who is actually asking the question and another person who's documenting. And the reason that I say this is one, because it provides consistency and the same person's gonna ask the same questions in the same manner. The other reason is that it really is going to determine the credibility of the witness, especially if it's a he said, she said kind of thing. The third area is review of your evidence. When you're looking at the medical record, when you're looking at all the pieces, does it really tell the story of what happened? And if not, why? Were there interventions in place prior to the incident to prevent it from happening? Were new interventions put in place after the incident happened? You really want to build a timeline of the whole incident. And you really want to look at the policy too. Did it happen because somebody didn't follow a policy or do you need to rewrite the policy? Those kind of things. And then the final area is conclusion and follow-up. This is where you're gonna determine what happened from all of your data. And you may have to do a root cause analysis to find out what happened. And sometimes you're not gonna be able to come to a determination and that's okay. But if you don't come to a determination of what happened, you need to be able to show everybody that you did a complete comprehensive investigation. Denise, I loved your tip about the interview and the two people doing the interviews, the one person asking the question and one person documenting, because I think that that's a great way to really get accurate information documented. And I want to go back. You said that anyone could do the investigation. And I think where people get caught up is that notification of the administrator and thinking that the investigation itself must either be done by the administrator or done by the director of nursing. So can you talk a little bit about that piece? Yeah, absolutely. So you are correct. Regulations require that the administration needs to be notified of the incident. And that's not at all what I was saying with that. So yes, the administrator absolutely needs to be notified because he or she has other things that they need to do regarding the notification of the Department of Health or anybody else. But once the administration is notified, and usually it is the administrator 
who picks who is the lead for the investigation. Unfortunately, it's usually the administrator or the DON who's doing it. I'm just saying that it doesn't always have to be the DON or the administrator who's the lead investigator once administration has been notified. Right, right. I think people get confused that it must be that administrator because they're the one that has to be notified. But who does the investigation isn't in the regulations. It's just the investigation needs to be conducted. Correct. What other tips would you like to share with our listeners? Do you have any other tips you'd like to share today? I do. I've been in long-term care for more years than I want to say. And I think the biggest mistake that I have seen in the many years that I've been doing this is that when facility leadership is doing an investigation, that they're not casting a wide enough net. And by that, I mean, they're not looking at all the like residents that they should be, or they're not interviewing all the witnesses that they should be interviewing. And I guess my tip is, it's better to over interview than to under interview, because I have seen so many citations where they are saying that thorough investigation was not conducted because they didn't dig deep enough or they didn't interview as many witnesses as they should. And when you're interviewing witnesses, my other tip is you also need to interview witnesses with cognitive impairments. And a lot of people think, oh, Mrs. Smith has dementia. She really doesn't know what she's saying. However, you still need to interview her because in some instances, it's not whether or not they know what happened, it's whether or not they feel safe. And so please make sure when you're doing the investigation that you're looking at everybody you need to look at. And the last tip that I have for today, and I am so excited about this, APACN is launching a new guide at the end of the month called the Guide for Enhanced Resident Safety Incident Management that will take facility leadership through the investigation. And it includes so many tools that will help you do a thorough investigation. And that comes out at the end of the month. And I am super excited about that because I think it will give you a lot of resources and a lot of tools to help you assist in investigation because let's face it, investigations are hard. And, you know, there are times when a facility is doing multiple investigations at a time. So we really need to be organized and efficient. And I think that this guide will really help our listeners. Denise, you've provided so many great tips for our listeners today. I really want to say thank you, and I look forward to seeing the APACAN Incident Guide as well that you mentioned today. Listeners, thank you for joining us today. For more resources and tools for nurse leaders, please visit our website at www.aadns-ltc.org. For more updates on regulation requirements and changes, you can also follow me on Twitter at S underscore AADNS and subscribe to the LTC DON chat podcast. Have you heard about the new APACN.org? 
Debuting on May 4, 2021, the new APACN.org will combine the best of ANAC and AADNS into one professional association, supporting nurses and IDT professionals across the post-acute care continuum with information, analysis, resources, education, certification, and opportunities to connect with others in the field. Visit APACN.org to learn more. 